0: The night that he came home. That night, he tore a bloody rampage through the world of cinema, and suddenly trick or treating was lethal again. His name was Michael Myers, and the night was Halloween.
1: Welcome to Filmstrip and our Halloween retrospective series. Here to protect you from the clutches of Michael Myers or the Silver Shamrock Corporation are Brian, more fancy talk, and Jay. We are talking about evil on two legs. These podcasts will be spoiler filled as we discuss the plots, characters, and themes of the Halloween films. It is time to find out.
2: Welcome to Filmstrip. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And this is our review of Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, or H2, starring Malcolm McDowell, Scout Taylor Compton, Tyler Maine, and Sherry Moon Zombie, directed, of course, by Rob Zombie, released in 2009 on a budget of $15 million, grossed a little over $39 million at the box office. So, Brian, here we are at the end of our Halloween retrospective series, and... Up until recent news, what most people believe to be the very end of the series altogether, but it has been announced that, yes, there will be a Halloween 3. What? Somehow or another continuing from this. We'll talk about that at the end of this because that's a whole other For set real? of questions. Yeah, that's we'll talk about that later on. But we are here, and uh, you know, Zombie had said no sequel. Wasn't interested, but when the studio said they were going ahead with this, he decided, well... I don't want somebody else to mess up my vision, so I'll do it. And the funny thing about these two movies is if you if you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I've watched all of it uh, several times, actually, beforehand and then for the, as part of this review, Zombie will tell you that making the first Halloween movie was a real pain for him. And in the end, he didn't even really like what he got out of it. But that this film, the biggest problem was that they were on a tight schedule, tight budget, but that he felt like he had a lot more control this time around because Malika Kod, the producer, uh, the son of uh, the late Mustafa Cod told him, hey, man, go and do what you want to do. Don't feel beholden to anything that that's ever happened before. In fact, I kind of like the fact that you want to do new stuff. Don't feel like you got a remake. Halloween 2 now, so Zombie said okay and took that it's free reign to go do what he wanted and the theatrical version of the film, he was very disappointed in uh, the uh, director's cut DVD that came out, which is what we both watched for this review, is, is a vastly different film, particularly in the third act and it is more what he wanted, but Zombie felt like this time around he had more control
0: well, that's good, I think um uh I couldn't really tell the difference if he had or hadn't, to be honest with you, because the, the first one was the first zombie film I've actually seen. So right. this one seemed like it was more in the same vein, that's for sure to oh, me. Yeah. So, yeah. The definitely gory, uh, probably even more gory than the first one, I think. Agree with that, yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely had Rob Zombie all over it. But, Jay, but, you know, tell us the story about your experience with this movie, because you've seen all of these, and this is my first time through, but you had a particularly interesting experience with this one in the theater. So why don't you give us a, a little lowdown on that?
2: I have dropped in several podcasts, this one and the Art of Slaying podcast in particular, that there are only three – well, for years there was only two up until 2014, and now there are three films I've actually walked out of a theater on before the, the conclusion – of and they are in in not particular order nicholas cage's eight millimeter i've still never seen how it ends and never will this year i walked out of a comedy called neighbors um that may be for some people it certainly wasn't for me so i walked out of that one uh, having lost five dollars on a matinee on it and this movie (laughs) in 2009 me mr super halloween fan who liked the first rob zombie movie went and saw this on a monday matinee when it came out in the summer Uh, I got off work a little early, went and saw it. And before it ended, I think there may have been 10 minutes or so left in it. I just got up and realized I didn't want any more part of it. I hated it. (laughs) I went and at the time was writing for a website and I did this review of Halloween one and I wrote this scathing review of Halloween two. And they said, hold on to that until, you know, you, you actually need to see the end of it. And so I ended up renting it, the theatrical version, watching that again and just hating it and just tearing it to shreds. And then when the, the director's cut came out, I had read all this stuff that like, oh, you got to see that. It's much more, you know, coherent. And I thought there's nothing that can be more coherent about this movie, but OK, so I got the DVD, the one that, that we watched for this, and I watched it again. And then I just tore it to shreds in this scathing review. If you want to go look it up, folks, it's out there on the Internet. Um, in 2009, I was just rawr, I was vitriol with this movie. <laughs> I, I hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it. But much like the odd fascination I have with Halloween six and particularly Halloween six, the producer's cut. There's always something about this one that makes me want to watch it again. And it kept coming on, it kept coming on cable. It kept coming on television. I'd catch pieces of it. And I said, you know, I'm going to give it another shot. And I watched it again one time, just randomly sometime. in I don't know, a year or so later after it had all come out and the, the dust had blown over on it. And I have an odd fascination with this movie. And I will get into what I really think of it now and you know, maybe how different that is than what my review of it was at the time. But I, this one holds a distinction as being one of the three films I've ever walked out of a theater on. And um, hmm. and at the time, had had we been podcasting, I would have just declared that there will be no podcast. <laughs> there, there will be no <laughs> show, because I don't know that I could have got through it. <laughs> but uh, there are big differences in uh, the ending of this versus the theatrical. And what we're going to review is the director's cut. The other differences are yeah, some of the scenes are a little bit longer and you get a little bit more talking. There's really I mean, there's, the gore is about the same, oddly enough. Most of the time you get a director's cut in a horror movie, it's they throw some more blood back in it. But oddly enough, most of that got to stay. So, um, mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the brutality of this film as we get into it. Yeah, that's my little story on seeing Halloween – two in theater i think it's fascinating that you walked out with only about 10
0: minutes left like you stayed for the whole thing and then just before the end you're like screw it
2: at the time i didn't know there was only 10 minutes left i couldn't tell what was going on i, I will tell you the moment that i got up and walked out when it happens when we get to it here in in the film and the in the director's cut there's about 20 minutes left but in the theatrical there's really only about 10 but i'll tell you when that occurs when it when it comes up as we get through the review here tonight but uh, <laughs> yeah
0: Should be interesting, that's for sure. Well, before we get going, Jay, why don't you go ahead and give us a plot summary, if you can, for...
2: (laughs) Halloween 2, Rob Zombie. I'm going to keep this very high level, so we'll just say, (laughs) okay? Um, A sequel to Rob Zombie's remake, this story picks up where the latter leaves off and then jumps ahead uh, one year in the theatrical cut, two years in the director's cut, if you will, and we see that Laurie is haunted, severely haunted, by the attack of her brother uh, living with her friend Annie, who somehow survived, and her dad, Sheriff Brackett. Still unaware that Michael Myers is her brother, though, Laurie has spiraled into a pattern of self-destructive behavior constantly plagued by visions of a woman with a white horse and even seeing herself as Michael, reliving his killings, all calling to her. Michael is, of course, presumed dead because they never found his body as it was being taken away from the uh, crime scene, A the coroner's van wrecked by hitting a cow, and I, I don't know, he's <laughs> disappeared and they just decided to let matters lie. But uh, anyway, he resurfaces after a vision of his deceased mother informs him that he must track... Uh, his sister down and bring the family back together as they get closer to Halloween. Dr. Loomis, who somehow also survived, is totally selling out and only concerned about cashing in on his fame as he releases another book that tells the world that Laurie is indeed Michael's sister, and that was the motivation for him stalking her in the last uh, film. Uh, Michael kills several of Laurie's new friends and Annie, finally, uh, before catching up with her. Dr. Loomis tries to intervene, but Michael stabs him to death while Laurie is apparently held by apparitions of uh, young Michael and the mother taunting her. Laurie's released from The Mental Shackles when Michael kills Loomis in front of the police and then Michael is gunned down. Laurie picks up his very large Rambo-esque knife and standing over the bodies is shot dead by the cops. And in a final shot in both versions of, of her in a white room with Mrs. Myers and a white horse coming down the hole to greet her as a really creepy version of Love Hurts plays in the background. And as credits roll, we get, a, yeah, we get a pictorial reminder of many of Michael's kills from the Rob Zombie era and that's about as good as i can do to sum this up my man i mean it's this is a weird movie i'm just gonna say it now this is not a this is not a perfect film this is a an incomplete very difficult to follow film but at one time i would have said i feel like this is really compromised and zombie didn't get to do what he wanted but now having seen it several times and having listened to him talk about it and all this stuff i realized no this is exactly what rob Zombie wanted us to see and what he wanted us to see is that well we all know michael myers is crazy And we all know that Laurie is also his sister, and she has the crazy gene, and that it manifests in her in a different way than it does him at a later time. And so this movie is about Laurie losing her mind, and that is really what goes on in this film.
0: Interesting. I have a lot to say about the ending. (laughs) Yes. I think it sums up everything here. I did not have as hard a time as you did following this one. I thought it was – done actually pretty well and uh i made a lot of sense of everything that was going on especially with the ending um my thoughts anyway i have not read anything about what zombie wants us to believe happened here or any of that stuff i've not read any material Mm -hmm. on it so i could be completely off you'll have to tell me when we get there um but (laughs) uh
2: You know, well, I, and, and, and I'll say this now. I've mentioned that a few times. It'll be I, I'll mention that where it's pertinent and stuff. But you know, I'm one of those opinions that filmmakers can you know say what they want it to be. When you give it to the public, it's then the public to decide what they get out of it. So I, sure. yeah, we're going to interpret it for what we saw. So I'm glad to hear you followed it more or less though.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did. I thought it w- was put together well enough and in an understandable storyline. Um, I liked uh, how he went in and out of her kind of dreaming. Mm-hmm. Uh you you thought, "Oh my god, Michael is doing this and that," but then you found out it was just a dream and it was just like, "Holy crap," you know. There is I can see how people have a hard time separating what's quote-unquote real and what's dream state. Yeah. You know, because they do weave in and out of it quite a lot in this film. But um yeah, I think we'll, we'll get a, get into some interesting conversation here as we go through this movie because um there's definitely some interesting things that go on.
2: (laughs) There's lots to talk about. And let's talk about how it starts. We get uh, a little bit of a flashback and almost retcon, if you will. We see another visit of Deborah Myers going to see a young Michael. Now they, they actually had shot it with the kid, from the first one and then realized that he had just grown way too much in two years. (laughs) He didn't even look the same. He didn't sound the Mm. same anymore so they they recast it, different kid this time and we see the mom visiting young Michael and she gives him this little white horse statue thing that we'd never seen before so that's the retcon part and before that we had that title screen that tells us that a white horse can be a symbol of rage being unleashed or something like yeah. that. I, did you catch all of that the first time around? Cause that was something mm-hmm. I had to get after several viewings.
0: Yeah, I, I actually did. Um, I read it right away and, and then caught that that's where they were going for. And it made sense with uh, what we saw as with the white horse and mom throughout it. Um, I like the, the, The recut shoot, and I like the the scenes that you have with Michael and Mom interacting and her talking about this horse. And I like also the scenes where you hear Loomis actually telling Michael that Mom's gone. Right. Because we didn't get that in the first one. So now we get to kind of get his reaction to what's going on here. So I thought that was good as well. I I like those recuts.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, in the first one, it was... Uh, you know he went from that psychotic moment where he killed that nurse to then they flash forward after her suicide to he 's grown up, and Loomis is telling him we 're done you know and, well, yeah, yeah, and
0: Loomis talks about how he hasn 't talked in in fifteen years or whatever
2: right, and apparently so. you know this is the some of the last stuff he said or whatever because he said something about oh she 'll be back and i 'm like well that 's ominous and weird. How do you know that you know and so it's right. you i don 't put know. yourself
0: in the mind of a psychopath right, yeah, so he doesn 't probably understand. At ten years old, that she's dead.
2: He
0: mm-hmm. probably thinks so, that Loomis is telling him this because she's not going to return. Because he doesn't really say to him that she's dead. She just says he won't. She won't be coming back.
2: Right. Right. So, so, well, he said she's she's passed away. I mean, she does tell him that.
0: So. Yeah, but if you tell a ten-year-old someone's passed away and they've never experienced death like that,
2: <laughs> well, and, well and particularly this ten-year-old who doesn't seem to grasp the fact that he's been the reason for a lot of people's death, correct? Right? His life. So, yeah, you're correct. It's it. I could see how, and especially you know, both of us had said when he kills that nurse in the hospital, <sighs> that's really the end of the humanity in him. That he's just a crazy person, monster mm-hmm. at that point. So this is the the monster. Type talking anyway for the most part, which is yeah. you know, controversial among the fans, all this talky talk of Michael and stuff. I mean there were scenes supposedly of the adult one doing more of this too, but they, they decided not to go with that just for you're know, not wanting to do it, but I, I, don't, I don't blame well, Zombie yeah. for going with this route. I'll tell you, though, again, I, and I'm, I'm putting on my hat of uh, watching this this time as I watched it for this review, I just sort of just sat and let myself experience it. Because I've seen this movie enough that I felt like I could just talk about it. I didn't write down a thing. I just sat and watched it and absorbed mm-hmm. it for the first time going through it. And I'll say, honestly, I, I'm into this. Like At the beginning, I'm like, okay, that's an interesting sort of change of things. And then they throw us right back into where the last one ended, where you get mm-hmm. the, the sound of the gunshot and her screaming and you know all hell is broken loose and we catch up with lori who's walking in the rain with the gun who looks like she yeah. got run over by a bus
0: yeah she, she looks horrible she looks very damaged <laughs> and i like that yeah, whole scene with the cop yeah. yeah i like the whole scene with the cop coming up to her and saying lori lori you know you know what's going on give me the gun give me the gun it's gonna be okay and Putting, basically, killed. you know, she yeah. doesn't know what really happened, and she's trying to explain it. And he's like, calm down, calm down. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, because we have and, to
2: remember that the sheriff was en route because he was trying to find out what had happened to his daughter at correct, that point. Correct. At his house. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he and Lo- uh, he presumably passes. Um, her finds her somewhere along the way you know and this is i don't know it's all happening real
0: fast well i think i think that they found her after the fact because it looks like she's walking away and this cop is coming up and then sees her on the road and kind of like follows her closely and then stops right gets out and i I like that piece because that seems like something that would legitimately happen right Mm -hmm. i mean (laughs) she's traumatized knows not what she's doing she's just trying to get away and she's out of it she's basically in a state of shock i would say
2: oh yeah she's a total shock and Mm -hmm. let's talk about when they take her to the hospital man i mean rob zombie movies are known again for their their unbelievably somewhat realistic if not too much like surgery room level gore and Mm -hmm. we're pretty much like in surgery with this chick for an hour it is it is with both hard of them I think. Watch. I
0: think it's not just Lori. I think we're also in surgery with Annie.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think you're seeing both of them get cut on and sewn mm-hmm. on and they're resetting her hand and most of it's Lori. like they're picking off of her fingernails and it was Yeah,
0: but when they do I, the head, uh when they're repatching the head together, that's kind of like the same area that the, you see the scars on Annie later. So I yeah. think that's her that we're seeing there.
2: Yeah, but I mean you talk about just brutal. I, oh god, it's gross. <laughs> yeah,
0: very gross, very gross. Tearing off the, the nails and oh, and
2: all the, and I love how the doctor is the ER doctor is like what the hell happened to this kid and I'm like nobody right. told this guy <laughs> well, I'm sure they didn't I mean. So. It's an open, active investigation.
0: So you've got a body, put it back together.
2: I guess, I guess at that point, <laughs> they don't point,
0: have time. I guess at to... that point,
2: they didn't even really know what had happened at that point. Cause while that's happening, mm-hmm. they're picking up the pieces back at the, uh, the house that everything went down at last time. And right. I love how. Uh, Somebody says, well, I think it's pretty clear what went down here. The sheriff's like, I don't think there's a bleepity bleeping thing that's clear about this. Exactly. you know. And I'm like, yes, you're exactly right. Like, that yeah, should like, be the- oh, it's clear? Okay, you tell me what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Mr. Deadwood. What, what is this? Yeah, so, but okay. Now, here's the thing, though. It, you know, we talked about last time that Zombie loves his white trash depravity. And he's definitely going to get some of that this time because it manifests itself mostly in the form of these two coroners. You know, meat wagon drivers, basically. Oh, geez, yeah. Oh, this is this is just... Uh, and th- this is where I start going, I'm like, see, this movie like starts really interesting, and then it just does this stuff that I just don't... I don't enjoy. I can't even get a laugh out of what these two paramedics are talking about, you know, dead corpses and hot chicks and all this, you know, stuff. And mm-hmm. they talk about how heavy Michael is. They're paying no mind to this and not watching where they're driving, which, by the way... I don't remember Haddonfield being this rural from the last movie. It all of a sudden becomes, like, southern Georgia, which that's where they shot this, so I know that's where they got it. It's not far from where I live, but that's a different look than Pasadena.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Um, But, you know, if you look at some of the other films, too, outside of the, I'll say, canonical films, there is a lot of travel going on. So... Well, Who knows? Nobody knows how, and I don't know that they're actually going to Haddonville or ha- Haddonfield. Sorry, I don't know if they're actually going to Haddonfield. I think they're leaving it and bringing this body to wherever the coroner place is that they need to look look at this or whatever it is that they're doing. I don't know it, if they're actually the
2: county seat somewhere else. Yeah, I can right.
0: See I mean, it is a it is a murderer, so I'm guessing that. Had- Haddonfield doesn't have jurisdiction over him.
2: It may so not. Yeah, you never know. But the crash happens. They hit a cow. Very good. <laughs> hit a cow. Yeah. Yeah. Obliterate the cow. one guy's face is basically just totally mangled, and the other guy is sitting there. And what gets me is that he sits there for at least three minutes, just dropping the f bomb and spitting bloody teeth out. And uh, this is this is my point where I'd start going like, this is what I mean by Rob Zombie never knows when to stop. Like you needed a few seconds of that.
0: I didn't need well, yeah.
2: of it. It just goes on and on and on. And mm-hmm. I don't know but why I think, it had to go on and on.
0: I think the idea is is that he's so injured he's trying to get himself out but can't move himself. Yeah. I think that's really the point of it. And then it also sets up the time that we need for Michael Myers to free himself and get out.
2: Yeah, or to wake up or whatever it is he's doing, because he just sort of steps out of the back. Tyler Maine returning as Michael Myers here, mm-hmm. picks up a piece of broken mirror, and then just decapitates this dude. For- Cuts his head off. like well, Yeah. Like, not, yeah,
0: oh. why? saws it off I don't I have who knows why I, there's a lot of
2: random <laughs> killing in this movie that just doesn't seem to really serve much of a purpose so well I think it's
0: just to show that this guy's a psychotic killer no matter what right I guess, but yeah y- y- uh, let's go to, you know uh, I don't know how far ahead we skip but when he's in the farm field oh yeah a well, that, years later yeah that's, oh, that's
2: yeah yeah that's that's another random kill the strip club another random kill yeah we'll we'll talk about all well, but I think they make Okay, well, so, we'll get there, but I th- to me
0: they make sense
2: Well, they, so. uh, well, okay, we'll talk about that Let's, We'll get mm-hmm. there when we get there Let, Backing up here though, to where we are He cuts the head off, he's sort of staring at it And then the vision of mom and the white horse mm-hmm. Sherry Moonzavi returns In this film, and thankfully they don't ask her To do a lot, but stand there and look freaky um, Because mm-hmm. that's what she's really good at She's bad at line delivery So I'll say now, bad, <laughs> bad actress Very bad actress, not, not an actress But can do creepy and I think, again, because that's just her personality. <laughs> she's kind of like Rob Zombie. She could just stand around and look creepy. That's what she does. But, I, you know, he walks over to her and then, like, I don't know, it's almost like she's got the pet unicorn. And I don't know what's happening. I'm intrigued because I don't know what's happening. But at the same time, I'm like, how how is this happening? This just all seems very, very different, even from the motif that Zombie set up in the first movie, because there was none of this. It was all ultra-realistic. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the the white horse and the, and the
0: mom and the, the young Michael Myers, mm-hmm. all to me are figments of Michael Myers's imagination that to him seem real, right? So it's a psychotic nature. He he sees these things and this is what's driving him. It's like the son of Sam, right? right? Son of Sam says that a dog talked to him and told him to do what he did. Right? It makes no sense to you and me, but to him, it was perfectly legitimate. And this is what I get and Michael Myers going through he he has visions of mom and his younger self, and what I really like about this is that the younger Michael Myers is the one who does all the talking. Yes. for Michael Myers, and I kind of like that too. Cause, I like that. Yeah, yeah,
2: they they do keep that in that he doesn't talk, as an it? They mm-hmm. kept that till the very very end of this, and we'll, we'll yes. get there. But no, I like that too. And I'll say this: it's it's not that it's bad; it's just weird. And I'm I'm going. Eh, it's very is, weird. This is just very strange because, like I said last time, it was all about how ultra realistic we can make this and and stuff. And now it's like now it's ultra supernatural and i get what you're saying that these are the things in his head they're also the things in laurie's head though and i think what we're supposed to get from that again i'm going with what zombie has said a lot about but also just haven't seen this film several times she's she's a a myers you know and she shares the same crazy gene he has it just is manifesting later and differently Mm -hmm. for her and so they share the same you know weird dreamscapes i guess
0: yeah, I, I yes, I don't know that she gets it until the very end. Mm. Um necessarily, but for Michael, yes. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's supernatural to me. It's just you're getting into the mind of a psycho killer.
2: Maybe that's it. This, it's, it everything last time was from the outside looking in a bird's eye view of this person operating. Yeah, and if this is can, more of Michael Myers' view Yeah, you and Laurie's view. You see all, all the external loca, loci of control that changed mm-hmm. him into what he was. Now you're seeing the internal. That's what I'm hearing. Right. You. That's an interesting point. I never thought that, about that.
0: That's it. the way I looked at it. Yeah. And that, that's why, to me, it made a lot of sense. That's cool. <laughs> um, so to, he, this is all... What's driving him? I mean, it's good to see something like this, though, because you don't know what would be driving him to do these kind of things, right? Um, there's gotta be something that drives a serial killer to do these horrific acts. And for him, it's not money, you know, it's not anything like that. It, it's this
2: thing in his head telling him to do these things yeah to, to kill i mm-hmm. you know whatever it's not the curse of thorn it's not a druid cult in a basement you know thank oh god thank god yeah we moved away from that and it's not <laughs> even it's not even stonehenge so, so oh yeah. yeah thank god there too yeah we we never tied that one back into it either so <laughs> we then get to uh, uh we get one little more like quiet moment here where we see laurie find Annie in the hospital. Annie's on, you know, all these tubes and stuff, barely alive, right? And Laurie's just, you know, wanting to be beside her or whatever. And the actress, uh, Octavia Spencer, I have to say, shout out to Octavia Spencer, Auburn grad uh, and uh, Academy Award winner. Now she was in The Help and spent years as a character actress, just doing little parts here and there, uh, playing this, this nurse here where she has to make Laurie go back to bed. And Laurie then wakes up and I just what happens next? We'll go through it a little bit. It's it's, it's a very crazy chase, almost a quick remake of Halloween two, if you will, right? Of the old Halloween two. I, I looked at it, but as, yep. it, it turns out that it's a dream. I want to ask you though, having never seen it before, did you pick up on any of the clues that this was a dream along the way? Because there's three or four in there that, on multiple viewings, you you know, even if after you know the facts, you could pick it up
0: i did not pick up that it was a dream at all until she woke up okay <laughs> but you know i thought this was exactly what you said I, this was a call back to the original halloween 2 and in the hospital pieces and i kept thinking to myself why wh- how why are they going through this so quickly how did he why is he there so fast and mm-hmm. why are they going to take her out so quick and all that stuff so yeah. it was um uh, interesting for me i i think but uh yeah i didn't catch any of the clues i'm actually curious to hear what those are
2: the 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 clues are as follows the the biggest one is the moody blues song the nights in white satin is on every television at the same spots (laughs) of the song for the entire point five Mm -hmm. to ten minute sequence so that's supposed to be clue one is that everybody's watching the same thing and it's at the same spot everywhere so Mm -hmm. okay there's there's that there's also a point where she falls into a um, dumpster, yeah. a dumpster full of bodies. And you can't really tell it because of the way it's shot, but the bodies are all the same person. They're the, oh, same, okay. they're the same nurse that she finds in the hallway that's had her eyes gouged out. And okay. so that that's supposed to be dream to uh, or clue to. And I, the third one is, ah, it's a little harder to, for me to see. This one seems kind of like, eh, it's, it's, Focus, But it's something about like her clothing is supposedly changes from scene to scene. But I don't I don't oh. I don't even recognize it. It's all looks like hospital garb to me. So uh, but those are the big things the, the big ones, the Moody Blues thing and then the bodies. But let's talk about what we see here, though, because I'll tell you now, there's not an action scene, if you will, in the rest of this movie that's anywhere close to this. This is intense. And uh-huh. had for whatever reason, had Rob Zombie decided, you know what, this is what I want to do for you know, fifty five minutes or whatever here, I would have gone with it, man, because yeah. I thought this was fantastically paced. The way he takes out Octavia Spencer's nurse that like she walks out and turns around and she's got that slash in her face and then he oh, just yeah. rips her to shreds on the floor, I thought was was incredible. It was brutal beyond imagination. I mean, just
0: listening to the gasps and, of horror, feeling the – I mean, you could almost feel the knife in the back every time he, he stabbed her. It was just like, oh, dear
2: God. And you hear and, him grunting like, like they mm-hmm. left in all He of does Tyler, that a lot. Yeah, yeah they left in all of Tyler Mayne's natural audio of him exerting himself, and I thought that was kind of cool. You know, because we just, we've never heard that before. Michael's never done anything except breathe heavy in the mask. Yeah. And so for mm-hmm. him to be like, argh, 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 just, you know, getting riled up is a nice twist on the character, I thought. I agree. I like
0: that they did that actually because there's obviously some, it, it shows the anger behind each thrust and each push, right? Mm-hmm. It shows the amount of energy he's putting into his kills. And I think that's important to just have him stab and have no emotion, no nothing seems a little less. Mm-hmm. Thrilling, right? This is this well, is definitely it's, freakier.
2: It would be and like, scarier. It would be like trying to do something that they've already done in parts four, five, and six. If they just mm-hmm. did it with him, just killing people, or even part two, if you want to go back to that. Clearly, zombie changed the game with the way he had Michael operate the last time, and he wanted to keep that up, and so mm-hmm. he gets more and more vicious. But the, the thing is, is that none of this is happening. That's the. the my initial reaction to it was like, ah, oh, that was lame. How could you dream fake me out? Honestly, having seen it several times, I appreciate this sequence a lot because Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. And I think it's also Zombie tipping his hat to, okay, Halloween 2 is kind of cool. We'll do a little bit of that, but now you're in my mood. You know, yeah, like, yeah, from here on out, there's nothing, I think, that brings
0: us back to Halloween, too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree. It was a nice nod to it. And it was a brutal, brutal chase. You know, she escapes through the, stair- the stairwell yeah. um, and finds another nurse who had just gotten off, just bloodied to holy hell, hanging from the the entrance, or entrance bars the, mm-hmm. to get down the steps. And, uh, you know, outside in the pouring rain and, you know, the only thing she can get to is this little shack, which I kept thinking, well, that's not a good place to set yourself up. I mean, (laughs) what are you thinking? And I I love love the scene there. I, I like the guard who comes in and. You know, my thought—I said to my wife, "I'm like, will she just shut up? <laughs> she, she's she's calling attention to herself."
2: Yeah, you know? and he's trying that's to tell hard. her, "Calm down, calm down, it's okay." You know, uh, and and then of course he gets axed in the back. And I love the little story behind this is that when they built the thing, somebody didn't get the memo and build it out of the easy to break away balsa wood that you're supposed to. Kind of, of, out of So they built like the real thing, and oh, so geez. Tyler Mane took that as a personal challenge to okay. <laughs> and so that is him tearing that thing to pieces.
0: Yeah, and he does yeah, a good job of it, I that's do, for sure. I
2: too. I mean, the man's a big man. He clearly can work. So I thought that that's better work than he ever did as a wrestler. So, I mean, it was pretty amazing to watch him just rip that thing to shreds. And, of course, she's under the, the table. And it, it, you're talking about ratcheting the scene up to a level of tension that, I mean, how's she going to get out of it? He's standing for exactly. her with an axe. What's going to exactly. happen? Exactly. And then it breaks to her waking up.
0: Oh, yeah. I, that's exactly my feeling too, Jay. When I was watching, I'm like, how the, she going to get out of this? Yeah. I mean, what? There's no chance. And then boom, she's screaming. And you're like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And my heart just skipped a beat. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> It'll weird out.
2: I mean, That was amazing. Yep. Yeah, it, it is definitely tough. Now, again, the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, I hate dream fake-out sequences. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Zombie. Again, I, having broadened my film-viewing escapades in several years and stuff, and also getting a better understanding of this movie, I think I was like, eh, you know what? That's actually pretty slick. And I love how in the theatrical cut, it's not just a year later, because that's horror movie it's two years later. So we've mm-hmm. already gone one Halloween again and he didn't show back up. I love yes.
0: that little That's thing. a good thing, yep. Yes. That that, a very, because then it then you have a little sense of normalcy. Yeah, like that he hasn't shown up.
2: Right, that he hey. hasn't shown up and that there is something to it when people tell her, Hey, it's time to move on. You know, and because that's a big theme of what happens in act two is everybody trying Mm -hmm. to help her move on and her complete and total inability to do so. Um, Right. Because, I mean, she stumbles. First things first. Let's just talk about the way she looks. Scout Taylor Compton's a cute woman. She was a cute girl when she was in this movie and stuff, in that first movie. Real, you know, spunky and kind of neat. She looks like a train wreck that got run over by every skank IROC Z Camaro of all time. Like, she looks horrible in this. Mm -hmm. She's way thin. You know, she looks sick. So, the way they make her up, her hair's ratty. She's got tattoos in the webs of her hand. I mean, not that those things are all bad necessarily by themselves, but they're not the signs of someone that. that, She's got a tramp. Yeah, they're not the sign of someone that at one time cared a lot about the way that they presented themselves. Like, she clearly doesn't give in that
0: and she's she's on
2: tons oh, of yeah, drugs. Probably.
0: I mean, she yeah. goes to her her little medicine cabinet, and there's probably fifteen bottles of drugs easily, right?
2: And she's got a you know a little sign taped to it that says "Wake the f up," you know. And I was right. like, wow. <laughs> and an Alice Cooper yeah, I poster. Mean, now, I gotta yeah. say,
0: Jay, if I were attacked by a psycho serial killer, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have
2: an Alice Cooper poster. Not, I may like his music. Dude, she's got a Charles but Manson he's poster freaky. up above her bed. Yeah, Yeah, this is Rob Zombie's idea of how everybody is still stuck in the 70s subconsciously, which is not accurate, because this is supposed to be like 1996 or something. You know, that's what it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be. I was like, was Alice Cooper still even cool in 96? It would have been like Nirvana and Pearl Jam, even for this chick, right? Like she wouldn't have she would have been into Slayer or better yet. She'd have been into White Zombie. You know, why why not throw a little Mm self-referential nod in there? I'd have been okay with that, but. Yeah, but she's into all this like. But the weird thing is, she's got like all the you know quote devil stuff hanging around. But then she's also got like you know statues of Jesus in the back and in the bathroom stuff. So she's clearly covering her bases. I was surprised. I was surprised Major League's <laughs> Joe Boo wasn't over in the corner somewhere just in case. Nice.
0: <laughs> you know? this little yeah. yeah
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> I, I, I thought it was an interesting. I I thought it was very interesting. I I just couldn't believe that someone who'd been through that kind of trauma would be um, surrounding themselves in an environment that looked like that. Yeah. That's to me, it's like she's trying to freak herself out more than she was. I don't know what the deal is, but very odd. And then we also find out that she's living with Annie and her dad, right. the sheriff. Yeah,
2: and, you know,
0: which I thought we got was the, interesting.
2: The sense that. She and Annie were close friends, and we heard the story from the sheriff that, you know, he was the one that basically sent her to the Strode's, and he was close, I mean, indirectly, mm-hmm. but he knew that story, and he was friends with them, so it makes sense that she would go to live with them. You know, she's, at, I mean, by the time the trials, you know, not trials, by the time she's out of the hospital and all the dust clears, her family's dead. Um, you know, she's got no one else to go to. And so, uh, you know, she would, the fact that the sheriff says, you can come live with me, sweeties. She'd probably take him up on it, you know, like, Oh,
0: well, that and the fact that Annie was involved in the whole incident right. as well and but, survived. But, but, so they have a kind of connection. They do. And but,
2: it's funny, though, because when she goes to therapy, which hilarious, by the way, Margot Kidder playing a therapist. She goes, right. remember her from Superman? We talked about Margot. It's, it's been oh, so yeah. long, right? We thought we'd never see her again. But there she is. I did. <laughs> there she is in just a little cameo. And that's Rob Zombie <laughs> having fun with everybody. But uh, And I did laugh at that. I've always laughed at that. But uh, you know, she's in there, and I love how she talks about – and this, again, is one of those things that's extended in the theatrical cut, is that I love Annie, but seeing her as a constant reminder of what happened, too. So there's a lot of animosity that she has oh, for yeah. Annie. And, it, you know, that's different because you got the sense that of the three girls last time, her and Annie were closer than Annie and Linda or her and Linda were. And, right. I agree. And yeah. so to hear that and hear her say that, it sets up the many arguments that they will have throughout this film. And they get pretty vicious. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it, but it, I can see that as, as being a problem. I mean, it's like um, it, it, there's sad situations in life where uh, a, a mother dies in childbirth mm-hmm. and the daughter looks just like mom when she grows up. And that is resented by a father right right? who had a traumatic experience i mean things like this happen so to have her be kind of resent having annie around and and having it remind her of what happened i get that 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 is something i can totally see and and a good reason to be in therapy by the way um this is something apparently she hasn't really talked about until now um the other thing that I thought was interesting too was the they had the uh the large painting on the wall, which is one of those um, Warshak. uh yep warshack uh, paintings, and she asks about it and you know Margot Kidder basically says, you know it's oh, whatever you you see you know in there what do you see in there and she says, "I see white horses mm-hmm. oh okay, yep. so there's a tie in into our mom and the white horse mm-hmm. right there um but I thought that was kind of interesting
2: it right is there. and again that's supposed to be clues to us as an audience that we're watching her descend into the Myers madness, if you will. And um, Mm -hmm. the fact that it was, you know, the the question remains and what you, you think about is had that never happened to her, had Michael never broken out of that institution, never, you know, encountered her, whatever, would it, would it have ever triggered in her or was that going to happen anyway at some point? It just, you know, what triggered it in him was all that bad stuff that was going on around his home life. And what, you know, what it was his attack on her that triggered it in her is what we're led to believe. It's, it's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. You wonder, you know, it's that whole nature nurture thing. And they even play that off as a joke when they have Loomis talking at one point, you know, and he makes some crass joke about it and doesn't answer it. And I think that's because Zombie says, "Yeah, there's no answer to that." You know, that's the eternal debate. You know, and and I like the fact that he doesn't give an answer to it, but it's one of those talking points. And I'll tell you again, it, if you'll if you're watching this film and you just go with it for what it is, you just put aside all your Halloween baggage, which at the time in 2009 in the theater, I readily admit I was not doing. So you can you can <laughs> see this stuff and start having these sort of discussions and what I realized now, of course, this time was, you know, I, I find kitschy fun and Halloween four and stuff, but at no time am I really examining its Psychological motivations <laughs> <You know>? and <laughs> sure. this movie's asking me to do that. And I'm kind of like, okay, I'm intrigued about mm-hmm. that. I think that's, that's neat. And I, you know, I right. love how we see Lori in therapy and I like how they play the therapist here too, is that, you know, she's on a lot of medication, but the therapist isn't just throwing drugs at her. She's trying to get her off all right. that stuff and to learn how to cope and deal because she's like, you're 19, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn how to move on with what's left of your life, kid. And I, I like that little, uh, character moment for the therapist.
0: Oh, absolutely. It, it shows you that she's not just feeding her what exactly. she needs, right? And she when she tells her she's going to get her some drugs and she tells her what it is, she has a reaction like, oh, I don't need that. I want this. And it's like, oh, yes, you yeah. do. <laughs> and you don't need anything else. And, and besides, I gave you 10 times the amount that you should have taken by now and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I like that, that part of it as well. I think it was, it's good because you want to see that the therapist is there to help and not just there to make a buck. Right. right. And so this shows you that she actually does care and is trying to help her cope with this traumatic event that she believes she should be over by now, you know, right. and is not. Exactly. So I, I liked I liked Margot uh, Kidder's character. I thought she she did well in this film. She's there like three scenes or something right. like that. It's but, it's
2: uh, barely a cameo. I mean, it's a little bit above a cameo, I should yeah. say. But she's effective for what they ask her to do. She's not uh, still not a very good actress, but for what they're asking her to do, again the <laughs> character is neat. And I, I'm with you. I like that too. Yeah. What do you make of uh, Laurie's new friends, the uh, ultra skanky Harley and Maya? Wow! Yeah, and the, um, and what about the boss? Say, oh. Howard Hesman, WKRP in Cincinnati, head of the class. You have know, lots of things like that. Hippie, you know. What is that place she works at? Is That supposed to be a coffee shop or a bog shop?
0: <laughs> uh, did they say what it was? Was it I a know, coffee she's shop? She's putting on for an real? apron and like because grinding
2: up something at some point. I I don't know. I
0: I couldn't figure out what it was because they had everything in anything. It was just kind of like a weird,
2: like a weird eclectic, you know, hip. It's store or something.
0: You, right. I think that's, we have a place up here called Down in the Valley mm-hmm. and basically it's a record. And, and record mm-hmm. store that has used and new records and CDs and all that crap. But it's also this place that has bongs like and,
2: a and
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, they, they've got all this like paraphernalia for getting high, but they claim it's only for tobacco use. Okay, right. Yeah. And all this other crap in there that it's, it's, it's like two different stores in one. It's bizarre. And this is what I got the vibe on this place was something like that. And uh, you know, I, did you notice they had Halloween costumes? Yes, I did notice that. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, played a Halloween three exactly. right there." Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: it's the whole thing in one. Very weird. But moreover, beyond yeah. that, the two friends, I was like, "Well, Lori had two girlfriends before, and they were they yeah. were not nice girls necessarily, but they at least tried to act like they were." These two chicks right. don't give a damn. <laughs> what these, these were hoax. Beyond mm-hmm. hoax. Yeah. like <laughs> crazy well, okay. Let's say uh, Maya, for the Maya may not be a hoax. She may just be a party girl that's kind of alterna girl. She looks I don't know. She she has a look to her that's very nineties. I thought well, they nailed that look down. Harley is a ho. I mean that girl talks oh, yeah, about, yeah. and we find that yeah, out a little she bit. She talks too. about <laughs> hoe stuff all the time. She pretty much is a hoe. And that, and she, I guess everybody's got the one slutty friend. I don't know, but uh, she, well, oh, she was bad. But what I was? I think it's supposed to show us is that, in addition to poor hygiene, Lori is also not hanging out with, you know, the brown, the, the right browners crowd, yeah. She's not in church group <laughs> on Wednesday nights. So that's
0: yeah, right. She's yeah. hanging
2: out with these wild girls pretty much. Yeah. She
0: is, yeah. Let's talk about what I want yeah. to talk about. How much of a jackass <laughs> Dr. Loomis is in this film?
2: Well, okay, you have now hit on one of the most controversial parts of this in the Halloween Holy in the shit. Halloween fandom is everyone thought, "Oh, you know, like the, the the Rob zombie Halloween." The, the group again was split on that but the ones that did thought malcolm mcdowell was awesome as Don, you know dr loomis and we talked about that we both liked him as loomis mm-hmm. and then to see him like this everyone is like no no it's like vader going no it's just the worst the worst possible things you could have done with that character all wrapped up into one and he's wow. He's pretty much just a sellout. That is what he is supposed to be. Not just a sellout. He's a complete and utter asshole. Yes, he is. I mean,
0: like, he's got this ego. He's, uh, barking at his assistant to get him things and this and that. <laughs> and he's talking to, he goes on the, the show and gets pissed off because they actually ask him legitimate yeah, questions well, and he, he didn't yep, want to yeah. answer. <laughs> so- <laughs> oh God, he's just a dick, and I was just like, "Wow!" It, so you're like,
2: "I hope Michael Myers kills this fucker." <laughs> Seriously, I, I really—I'll like, be honest. With you. I, and I'll say this now: in spite of everything else about this review, every time I watch this, I go, "Doctor Loomis didn't need to be in this movie. Doctor Loomis didn't need to be no. here. This is this is pointless. He should have been dead. I thought he was dead. He should have been dead. I I was fine with him being dead. I I didn't need him to come back and be." I for me to want to root for his death actively, like you're talking about, which is what I do too. I'm like, right. somebody needs to stab him now, and really does he does he offer anything
0: he, to this movie one at
2: all? scene that's uh, we'll talk about it at the end, where he's supposed to do something, but i I still think that could have been accomplished without him there i I don't think he's yeah, he's not I, essential to this story. he was and Michael Myers doesn't care about no, him he was essential to the last story this story he the his his downfall is so easy to predict you're like somebody that's that full of themselves is so going to get it and that's essentially what happens Mo, you know visions of mom young michael and old you know older michael walk up and see like a billboard advertising his new book and they're like oh really okay we'll see about that and you
0: know well but but it doesn't even he's he's right there it's like he could have gone in there and killed
2: what? him, but he didn't bother because he well, doesn't care. The thing, like there's that time when he's doing the book signing and the dad of Linda shows up, lays the picture yeah. on him, and he tries to defuse it. The guy pulls a gun on him, you know. And I'm like, damn. I mean, that...
0: well, and that's the thing too. Like Loomis wasn't there when Linda was killed. He never saw. I know.
2: Linda. Well, it,
0: so how's he well, supposed to know uh, that, that, that is? Does, I mean, it is? I guess if he's doing his research properly, well, he should have. dad but the still. dad
2: is like, you know, your monster killed my daughter, you know. And so this, that vengeful yeah. parent. I would have actually been okay had the parent shot him, and that would have been the end of Loomis. It would have been – you'd really wondered why he was in the movie then, but I would have been okay that. Right. But, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't need to know where he was is what I'm trying to say, Brian. I, I thought – He was dead or if he wasn't, Mm -hmm. he would not be doing this. And I guess the idea is that he lived through this hell and decided, you know what? I'm going to get mine while I still can and just sold out, Uh, I guess. But then he's at the Myers home
0: for this book thing, right? The book book signing. And you're thinking, okay, well, this this is a good place for him to get killed. Right. Because he's at the house and Michael doesn't like people at his house. We know that. And so it would be good for Michael to go in there and kill him while he's there. But that doesn't happen either. Yeah. So it's just kind of like I, I don't need well, him here either. I, I hated him at the end of this film. Like, good God. Thank God he's dead. Like, let Laurie that's stab That's the other him.
2: thing is I thought, <laughs> where did he go? go off to because like he's doing a talk show which i know those are recorded in the day and then replayed at night you know whatever but i'm like is he in chicago then he's supposed to go back to had like he seems to be awfully nearby convenient hadn't not, not a big town not supposed to be a big town how's he get around mm. so quick it, it's the part of this, the film that i jump i jet, guess man. I, it's, it's part of this though that i feel like it's, it's, it's not week. well explored and not well explained. It's just I want Loomis to, it didn't need I to want be, though. Loomis to be a jerk and so Loomis is now a jerk. That's pretty much what it feels like Zombie wanted to do. Right. And he did it well because I couldn't stand the guy throughout the But movie. I, will was... give, I will give Malcolm McDowell wow. credit for this. For you're now asked to go be the biggest <laughs> asshole in the movie. And he he, does a, he does a really good job of it. I mean the guy again, Absolutely. proving that the best actor in the film Probably this guy still because he's he's totally buying over to what we're supposed to want. We're supposed to be against him as we were supposed to be for him last time, and that's what we get. And I don't know. I just again, what a jerk. I mean, that's that's what I thought. I was like, wow, what a what a complete waste of a character and humanity. So
0: it was, and it's too bad because I I I like the Doctor Loomis character in the first. You know, set of films, and I liked him in this first zombie film, and so to have him just totally, completely turn like that was disappointing. Exactly.
2: So, meanwhile, Michael, you know, it's a Halloween movie. We're not even talking about Michael Myers because he's barely in this thing for you know, the first hour yeah. and a half of it. He, he's just wandering yeah, right. around, this... and I have to say, the look that they give Tyler Main in this, because most of the film, he's walking around with just a hoodie on, you know, and he's just kind of he looks like Zach Wilde.
0: <laughs> I was just gonna say
2: he's Zach yeah. Wild, man, Black Label it's Society. Exactly, Ozzy. player. Everybody. Yes, he's all of that.
0: <laughs> he looks like Zach Wild too, man. He's big, buff yeah. dude with the big, long, bushy beard and mm-hmm. long hair. I liked it. I liked the look because you're you're supposed to believe that he's been healing for the last two years. And yeah, out after and about.
2: everything that happened to him, including getting shot in the. Face with a colt python mm-hmm. 357 at point blank range he's just walking around <laughs> well you get
0: the th- you get the feeling that while he was shot in the face he was only shot on the side of the face and grazed right by the like, eye like, like, there so you're because telling me he was she couldn't was LL really cool
2: see. from h2o the bullet just
0: grazed him <laughs> well but that's what you're i think led to believe because she you know when she shot him she was full of blood and stuff who knows what she right. saw and so a, sh- a shot to the head like that will knock you unconscious mm. for sure. Um, and so I can understand it. Otherwise you just can't see how he could be alive still. If he was shot point blank in the Bye. face, um, he he shouldn't be alive. So if she shot at him because she was scared, she, you know shitless when well, she and, shot and, him, and he was reaching yeah. for her so to actually hit him in the side of the face because it looks like he she he got hurt on that one. let' well, just
2: to say like if you see the mask when he gets out of the coroner's van, and then even when you see it later, yeah, that right side of the mask is like totally blown away, so you can see like you know exactly. charred like you know powder burns and blood, and then where it's sort of torn away, and he can see out of it, so you see really you know a third of his face now from that, and uh yeah. i yeah, I can take it like that again, but it's one of those things that. Huh? And a, a funny thing is that zombie, like, it, it, when it comes to the point, he's like, "Yeah, I guess I should tell you uh, how he survived that." I don't know. He got he got grazed. I don't know. Maybe she's not a good shot. Who cares? And that's literally what he says. And, it's, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. It's like, move nice. on. who cares? <laughs> you know. And, what he
0: should say is, look, he was dead, but they made me bring him back to life. So yeah, he just well,
2: got crazy. You brought up a, that's an interesting thing too. I used to think, and I'm not the only one that thought this, is that the movie he wanted to make was that Laurie was always the killer and that Michael is actually dead and that she's the one doing this. But according to him, no, what he wanted to show was that Michael Myers is still out there and that Laurie's just going crazy slowly but surely. That. You know, and we'll yeah. talk about more of that as we get into it. But he, he had plans for when he decided to do this, he said, Well, okay, this is how I'll put Michael back in it. And I don't need to sew his head back on or, you know, have him kill an EMT or anything right. like that. We'll we'll just say, Yeah, she just missed it. <laughs> you know? So, but I'll right. tell you, honestly, and, it, and I've never, I've, I've never felt bad about it. I, I've honestly always thought, Well, you know what? The fact that he doesn't explain it is actually pretty good. Cause if he bothered to explain it, right. it would just be stupid. So just, just don't let me figure it out, which we kind of do you know so okay yeah right i
0: think it becomes kind of obvious that what happened there especially with the the mask and everything else that goes on so i didn't mind it at all i i thought it was a good enough explanation he's obviously not going to go to a hospital to get healed yeah <laughs> because, he's <gonna> be <laughs> because they'll the probably That's kill true. him yeah so he's he's been you know living on his own trying to uh Figure out what's next and probably having visions of mom and, and the well, white horse. And, and
2: these visions are telling uh, – you, you get this idea that these visions guide him around and tell him where to go. Yes. And basically she shows up and says, it's almost time. You need to start getting ready. And so mm-hmm. we, talked, we alluded to this earlier. I want to talk about it now. Part of the getting ready is he's walking through this field at night and these two hillbillies and their daughter, I guess, show up. Um and get out and beat the crap out of him with like a lead pipe. Like I told you to stay out of my land, boy. You know, cause we get the idea that maybe Michael's just sort of been circling around the back forty there eating cows here and there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Just, I got the same yeah. idea. I thought I figured he's been obviously seen on this land mm-hmm. before. He's probably living in some sort of a cave type thing on the land or whatnot. And that these people are taking offense to that. But uh
2: what yeah, idiots. well, that and, and as my wife said to me as we were watching this, she's like, this is just sort of random. Why is he killing these people? And I said, I guess because they, well, like they, the like they beat out him them. up with a pipe. She was like, yeah, but he was on their land. I was like, well, OK, you make a good point. <laughs> uh, OK,
0: I'm I'm a psycho <laughs> yeah. killer. You come and beat me up. But because I'm on your land, I'm going to well, let well, you Well,
2: here's live. the thing. What is
0: what's not going to happen to me?
2: Because they play around with this later on in the movie. He he doesn't do anything to him when they just walk up to him talking trash and they start beating on him. He waits till they walk away, then he gets out the mask, puts on the mask, and pulls out what mm-hmm. I can only describe as like the Rambo three knife. It's like a small sword <laughs> that they've given Tyler. Yeah. No, no, God knows where he got that from, but he tears them up, cuts one guy like straight across his eyeballs, which is oh just. Gut wrenching to think about now. You know, implants oh, yeah. the other guy on his horns on the front of his truck, kills the other yep. dude, and then drags the girl off and just stabs her, stabs her as she's you're know, screaming and dragging her around. Uh, and it's interesting because they play
0: her as the sympathetic one. She apologizes to him for right. what she they like did to him, all him. The and all this stuff, you think, okay? well, yeah. and you're, yep, you're thinking, okay, well, he'll let her yep. go, but. Being Michael Myers, he has no humanity mm-hmm. and so even though she was kind to him, he does not return well, the favor because he drags her out and just cuts the crap well, out. Well it's of just her back. like
2: Ishmael, you know, his friend who took care of him mm-hmm. for all those years. He still drowned him in a tub and threw a tv yeah. on top of him last time so we know this guy's back well, what's what's <laughs> really creepy is that the dog is barking its head off in the cage in the back of the truck which i'm at first i'm like first off no good rednecks put their dogs in cages in the back of the truck that that dog's free roaming but at any rate right he goes and he starts rattling that knife along the the bars of the cage <laughs> and i was like oh mm-hmm. this is about to get real bad <laughs> and well, I'm just happy that they did not well, show Well, they that. might as well have, because what they show is uh, Laurie, Annie, gross, and the yeah. sheriff eating pizza. And at this point, we've already... <laughs> Talking
0: about the, the badness of eating yeah, well, meat versus the goodness of eating well, meat. While <laughs> uh, Michael is that.
2: eating raw dog, and we get this like mm-hmm. moment... Oh, I'm just going to ask you what you think it is. Laurie gets sick as Michael's eating this dog. Are we supposed to believe like she's psychically linked and it's like tasting what Um, he's tasting or whatever.
0: I got the impression that she had tasted a piece of meat on her food because it was half and half pizza Mm -hmm. and that she got sick from tasting the meat. That was my impression. Maybe it was supposed to be that she all of a sudden, has a vision of him eating the dog. I I'm not I quite think sure.
2: we're supposed to believe that because at that point she's had a lot of hallucinations. You know, one where she mm-hmm. like she, you know, is hallucinating that she's at the kitchen table on Halloween night back in you know the late seventies, early eighties, or whatever, when Kid Michael kills everybody, and like she she mm-hmm. recreates the death of the stepfather, but instead of the stepfather or not the stepfather, the boyfriend, the yeah. death of the boyfriend, the mom's boyfriend. It's, it's Annie. Annie. She tapes mm-hmm. up Annie and cuts her to ribbons and you know, she's had all this stuff. So it's, again, it's not explained. zombie doesn't explain it. We're supposed to figure it out for ourselves. So in figuring it out, I've always looked at this as like, she's going down the crazy road. And part of that is, you know, when he kills, she knows it. And, when he's eating that dog, she tasted in her pizza or something like that. And Could I'm, be. And so we're getting the Jamie Lloyd. Yeah. I and I thought, well, you know what? They played with that once before and decided not to go with mm-hmm. it. And remember, both of us said, well, if they would have done that after the end of part four, that would have been amazing. Right. I kind of yeah. like that he decided to go back with that. I I'm OK with that
0: move. It, it Yeah, I'm OK with that, too, because, you know, in, in replaying that mm-hmm. scene. That you talked about, you know, Lori never knew anything about the murders. No. Oh. She didn't see what happened, but yet she sees clearly, you see the, the boyfriend beaten to death on the ground in the yep. kitchen. She recreates the, the, uh, mom's boyfriend death with Annie and she sees all this stuff there. So it's like, wow, you know, she wasn't even a part of that unless, her baby eyes can remember all Which that. Which
2: how could they? She was upstairs in the room. Exactly. So yeah. This is again. It's that idea of the crazy gene is, you know, unless
0: unless Michael took her around the house after nope. he did all this because we don't know what happened between when he picked her up.
2: Yeah, because we said how long was else, that? So. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you you never know. So that's.
0: But again, she was probably. One year old at most. most, And that memory isn't there. Right. Like
2: you think that would have been blocked out. But again, the idea is that, uh, you know, she and he share that same psychosis and hers is now manifesting itself. And that's one of the ways it does. But it makes her sick. But you do get a moment there with that where Annie runs up to check on her. And at that point, she's been a real bitch to Annie two or three times in the movie. And, you know, said several cuss out fights and all this stuff like that. And Annie's trying to take care of her and, you know, be nice to her. And she's, it's the only time she really returns any of the niceness, you know, that she's actually appreciative of it, you know? And so things are going along. And of course we get the big billboard, the book's coming out. Loomis has been a jerk about all this stuff. He's getting ready to do his little talk show thing. And the book comes out and Laurie happens to grab a copy of it out of curiosity at the local bookstore, whatever, and starts thumbing through it. And at the same time, we see the sheriff has also grabbed himself a copy of it. Because you got to wonder, mm-hmm. he's like, what's he going to put in this? And Because he's already written a book about – Well, that's the thing. you got to remember. Yeah. Uh, Loomis had already written a book about Michael. So now he's going to write one about mm-hmm. him getting away and all this other stuff. So, of course, he puts in the detail that the sheriff told him about who Laurie is. And he's like, son of a – You know, and Laurie reads that Mm -hmm. and absolutely flips her wig, Um, loses her mind and decides to get out of there, starts packing her stuff up. Annie runs in there to kid. Of course, the dad is calling Annie like, you need to stop her. Just hang on to her. I'll tell you later. And, you know, she tells her to F off basically and just leaves. And she she is, in. you know, if the girl wasn't in a bad place before, she's definitely in a bad place now.
0: She's in a very dark place right now. And yeah, you know, I mean, she should have been like, "Oh, that's what he was trying to tell me when he was trying to get to me." Uh, no, just <laughs> kidding. Um but it, it, I I like the way they explain how she finds out who mm-hmm. she is. Because in the original Halloween series, she just knows. Oh yeah, She's a, Michael
2: a weird dream sister. in Halloween
0: too. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and this is much better that <laughs> she finds out by reading Dr. Loomis's book and because her picture's in there with the name Angel Myers. And I like that she has a yeah. different name. You know, I like that she's not Laurie Myers. She who changed to Laurie Strode. She's Angel Myers. She got a completely new name. And I thought that was kind of cool. Um, But yeah, she flips her lid and she goes out to her friends and says, I just want to get fucked (laughs) up. I want to party. I want to dance. Let's just get out of here. I need to get out of here. And you're just like... Oh, you don't. Yeah,
2: well, that's the thing. (laughs) They've been at her about, hey, we're having this. They're having something called the Phantom Jam, which is like this big barn party. And they're like, it's (laughs) going to be those freaky stuff. And you got to come and we're going to dress up in costumes. Apparently, they're going as like the Rocky Horror Picture Show characters or something. Mm -hmm. And at first, she's like, I don't really know about the whole costume thing. Because, you know, I got chased around on Halloween and almost Mm -hmm. got murdered once. So I don't like costumes. (laughs) And her friends are like, no, it's so lame that it's cool. (laughs) And I'm like, well, that tells you these are stupid people It's so lame I I love that girl's excuse for that Because I actually remember having that kind of conversation With my friends in college too Like, no It'll be cool if we do this now because it is so late but they're going to the big party right and she is ready to throw down she's already drunk at this point oh, yeah. she's told her two friends you know and I don't even know that they understand what she's telling them, cuz she's so incoherent at this point but right. she's just like let's just go get totally trash, you know whatever and they go to do they're going to go throw down you know at the at the phantom jam barn party thing me
0: yeah which what did you think of that thing i mean that was very weird weird. one of rob zombie's (laughs)
2: friends apparently is that guy playing the captain Clegg or whatever that band is supposed to be and it's i don't i don't know it's very very odd there was there was like there was like music and topless people on the stage and there was a there was a man in a wolf (laughs) costume and i ron i wasn't really sure what i was watching it was really strange so it was very very weird
0: it was beyond
2: weird. <laughs> it was, well, it's not anything weirder than what has already been in this weird movie. The movie is just well, weird. true. Uh,
0: this is just a. Ca- it was kind of like a counterculture that I'd never have seen. Now, maybe that type of stuff exists out there. I mean, I'm sure it does. But what well, a bizarre let me ask thing to go to! And the guy's up there just talking and telling like jokes to all this music. Well, hey, like
2: and, like you grew up in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> is this, does this kind of stuff go down? Is this how you guys throw down out there? Like we what? didn't really do this. Down here it was about know. playing scattered music, you know. So I mean that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, up here it's more country <laughs> yeah. tunes and stuff. But uh I'm sure this exists in Minneapolis or somewhere like that. Uh, Chicago probably, yes. You know, I'm sure stuff like this goes on, a rave type mm. party. But um I've never seen anything like it. I thought it was just a bizarre gathering of people. Yeah, but very bizarre uh, Yeah. So anyway, she's all drunk and shit and yeah. <laughs> Go into town, and, and, you know, we get, uh, we get our good friend Harley who escapes from everyone and finds this werewolf. <laughs> Which is a hell of a costume because it moves with his mouth and everything. But this kid talking himself up as a great sex guy and he's got the shagging wagon. <laughs> and then you come to find out he's probably a yeah. virgin based on his actions, but she's all in it. She's going to fuck the shit out of him. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, oh, again, geez.
2: she's a total hoe. I mean, that's that's what we oh, get. And so now we got to talk about what Michael's been doing before he kills her at the party because he's going to show up and kill her. So let's let's hold up on that for a second. Michael. Has made his way back down now because, my, because mom has said time to get ready, right? So apparently getting ready is eat yourself some dog, kill some random people. And part of his, <laughs> part of, part of his apparently hitman mission here now is to go and kill everybody that maybe was awful to her at one time. Because he goes to her old strip club, kills the bouncer in the parking lot by curb stomping him then goes inside and kills the owner and the naked stripper by throwing them against glass and stabbing them and just breaking them in half. Basically. The thing is that he Mm -hmm. kills the bouncer outside without wearing the mask. And I don't know if you caught that or not, but it's like, I I thought that is so odd. Why? I mean, because he like go they go out of his out of their way to show him putting it on to kill the people in the field. But this guy keeps talking about how he's going to kick his butt if he doesn't leave the parking lot. And and (laughs) I'm like, you're you're about to die badly.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, let's let's look at this here, dude. You may be a badass in your city, (laughs) but that guy's got at least six inches on you and a good. 50 pounds. You ain't going to kick his ass. Yes, yeah,
2: that dude, I'd be like, <laughs> sir, would you like some chicken? Are you homeless? Can I help you? Like, somebody that big doesn't get and stay that big unless they're <laughs> eating something. <laughs> so it's right. dogs, cows, dead strippers. But anyway, he kills this useless piece of slime and the two people inside. And I, I will say again, the people in the field, I kind of get. These, I'm like, so so. mom wanted you to kill these? I, I don't know why these people get well, killed. No, I really don't. I, I look at it
0: this way. Um, what caused him so much pain at school was the fact that everyone knew mom was a stripper. Right. And, and so you go and, you know, he kills his first, his first kill is a kid who basically shows him a picture of mom at the strip club. I think it causes a lot of anger within him that mama, uh, dances for naked for people. And I think that's why he goes in there. He's just revenge for everything that this guy did to his mom used his mom to profit and all that let me take the
2: other side of this not to defend the strip club owner but it wasn't like he like went and recruited Deborah at her husband's funeral or whatever she apparently chose that at some point why is he never angry at his mother for being a stripper well I it seems to be misplaced. I don't. I that's don't know. Really... I guess.
0: I just. I guess that y- you love your mom because she's your mom, and and circumstances are what they are. And I don't know why
2: he doesn't hate his mom for being a stripper. But well, he clearly doesn't. I like don't... that's the one thing he is at no time remotely hostile to his mother. Even at the only time he's even close no, to it yeah. is when he's in that psycho rage after killing that nurse, and you know he just sort right. of growls at her. That's I mean, and that's scary and weird. First that's to show the animals. Exactly. Him. But yeah, he so. never like goes out of his way to try to hurt her. In fact, he went out of his way to not hurt her. He Otherwise he could have just waited until she got home and discovered that carnage and killed her too, you know? So it yeah. clearly he's close to her. I guess that's the, what we're supposed to read. Like what you're saying is that all of the things that had caused him pain, you know, he's deciding he's going back and getting what, He's wanted that And we got to talk about, too, a vision that we kind of moved over there that's one of Laurie's visions, but it's also one that he has now, too. Laurie has this weird dream, man, where she is, like, laying on a table, and there's it's all black and white, right? And there's this... I don't know. There's all these weird figures that look like they're rejects out of Alice in Wonderland sitting around drinking goblets of blood. And, and Like she dreams that she's done that and then they start to eat her. And then like Michael has the same dream later where he's standing in front of a skeleton with the big Michael Myers mask on it, which is a weird thing. And the little Michael says, I mm-hmm. found her, mom. I found, you know, boo. I think that's what he calls her. Yeah. And it's like, is it time yet? Not yet, but she'll be ready soon. And then she wakes up and it's like. I don't know. I, how did you see all that stuff? Because I was like, I, I do not understand what I'm supposed to be seeing here. It's very weird.
0: It's, it is it is weird. But, uh, you know, if we take the synopsis that you've laid out where she's kind of got that psycho gene right. inside of her, um, it, it makes sense that she starts having these same dreams that he's having. Right. right? And they're very bizarre. But again, it's all leading us to the fact that she's lo- lost mm-hmm. her mind. And she's now out of all the drugs that keep her kind of somewhat sane, mm-hmm. I guess. So uh, she's very psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> and these are just to show that too. And, and also, like you said, to show that there's a connection between the two because they're both seeing this woman. She doesn't know necessarily that that's mom yet, I
2: guess. And this little boy. And yes, she horse. doesn't know who any of these people are at this point. She hasn't been let in on mm-hmm. any of that yet. Again, it's all very weird. It actually reminded me of stuff I'd seen in like, Rob Zombie videos. You know, it looks like it would have been in something like that. You know, it's the same kind of motif at least. So, um, very strange, but all of this goes down to where Michael goes to the party and finds Wolf boy first taking a leak because he's got to use the bathroom before he can (laughs) screw the massive hoe in his van and he gets killed. And then Michael blows through the back of the van and chokes out Harley for, and Mm -hmm. my question is, why did, why For did he go reason? to the party yeah. and kill her? I get why he would go after Laurie, because he doesn't want to kill her, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's trying to gather her again. But why yeah. kill her friends? Because he, he has no, like, zero connection to them at all. They're not making love at his house. They're not, you know, cussing at him on the street when he's following them. They, you know, there's no way he knows who these chicks are.
0: The, the, these are the only two killings I think in the film that make zero mm-hmm. sense to me. Um, like, like you said, they have no connection to anything other than their one of them's a friend of Lori's. But how's he going right. to know that? He doesn't know that that, that unless he followed
2: her. It's almost, That's almost the only thing you would know. Uh,
0: but even yeah. so, the other friend doesn't get harmed mm-hmm. right away. So it's to me, it was just a strange way reason to do it. And it was just there to kill. Yeah. You know, it was just there to show the sexual tendencies of her friend and then to have him killed. I, no sense in, in that kill at all. There was no need to do it. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get it either. I, I thought it was just bizarre and I, not not really true to the character.
2: I, I will say this. I think if at any time Rob Zombie was entertaining the idea that Michael is not actually here and this is all Laurie's you know, thing is that what we would learn later is that she actually kills all of her friends here and then that's that's her and her manifesting of the gene. But that's not, again, that's not how it plays and it's not how he ultimately filmed it. But I could put that forth as an idea that maybe at one time Mm. he was, you know, zombie was thinking about doing that and then just decided not, but kept it in to keep the body count up. I don't know. It's very, weird. yeah. Cause I mean, that's, I mean, that's really what happens next is, you know, at that point, the sheriff has been alerted that, you know, uh, Stuff's going down there's there's weird things happening, so he sends a cop over to his house to guard Annie, uh, who has a hilarious line about man last year she kicked me in the balls, you know, <laughs> and so so you, you, yeah. poor, poor Annie never leaves the house in this whole movie she's always at home making breakfast or dinner or taking care of somebody throwing up but well, anyway we
0: don't we don't get her story, but she's also had a very traumatic event in her life that's left her scarred so maybe she doesn't go out because she doesn't like people seeing the scars or maybe she's afraid to go out yeah we don't really get to explore her side of the story other than she yells back at Lori at one point and says you know i went through this Mm -hmm. too you know and and that's all we really get so she she may have some fucked up stuff going on in her mind too but that's she's not the focus of the story so we don't get exactly to see but her.
2: i do love my favorite kill if you will in the film is hers when michael goes to the house takes out that useless deputy then goes upstairs and stalks her as she's getting ready to you know take a shower and i'm like this is going to be the gratuitous you know shower
0: and shower they don't scene. do it, yeah, she, I
2: said the same she, thing to my wife yeah. when we were watching. Yeah, she
0: never takes... <laughs> oh, here's the shower yeah, she scene. she never takes the
2: robe off anything like that. She turns around and sees him and just starts booking it. And he grabs her, and then, and then we out. don't see what happens. We see what happens to her in flashback as Laurie yeah. rolls back home finally with you know, Maya drunk and discovers her body. Mm-hmm. And what has happened is that she has been torn to pieces in that bathroom, basically. She is cut off all the pieces, blood's everywhere. Again, very gross. And I thought uh, was, and the fact that she's still alive, like when Laurie finds her, she's still alive. I'm going, man, this girl is tough. (laughs) I was like, this, the one thing we'll know about Annie is she is one tough kill because he has slaughtered her twice now. And this time though, she dies. And I don't know. I love the way it was all told to us though. In flashbacks. I thought that is the best thing. The best bit of filmmaking Rob Zombie did in this weird movie is Annie's death. I enjoyed it, too. I mean, I
0: don't want to say I enjoyed something like that because it's really grotesque and stuff, but as a a, a film sequence, it was done really well for what it is. That's what I mean. Yeah. And you just felt for her because she's been through this traumatic event. She was left for dead by this guy uh, already once. She's got the scars to show it. She's lived through that pain and that worry. She believes that this guy is dead. She has no reason to believe he would ever come back for her. And as she's getting ready upstairs, probably for bed, to turn around and see the the man that haunts Mm -hmm. you one more time coming after you to finish you off. That's got to be one of the most horrific experiences you could ever. Oh,
2: I can't imagine. Yeah, ever. it's just
0: the first time is bad enough, but to have it happen yeah. again, uh, unbelievable. And the fear you know, Danielle played so well, the fear that someone going through that would have when she saw and ran and all the expressions and everything. Unbelievable. Just a great, no, I agree.
2: I, incredible acting by Daniel Harris, and I'm glad he gave her this to do. I mean, and uh, Mm -hmm. what's neat is, again, in that director's cut when the sheriff finds her and he's just you know losing his mind as you know he would at that moment they yeah. do flashbacks and they show actual footage of danielle harris as a kid like when she was like yeah, halloween yeah, yeah. four age and it's like oh wow and zombie you know i thought well you know he put that in there because it's the dad remembering his little girl princess is what he calls her, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but it's also for the fans who remember that girl when she was a kid and now she's dead, and it's like, "Wow, just how how horrific and it 's an impactful death, and it certainly is a big one for Lori because it really gets her, and in the midst of it, you know of course, Maya gets killed, who cares? She gets stabbed on the kitchen table as she's done, uh, but yeah um, well she gets she gets stabbed trying to right call the right cops but Lori her Laurie comes in there and uh, and he starts breaking through the other side of the um, bathroom window or the bathroom door, right? Well, chasing her the hall. Yeah. First and foremost, Lori
0: goes in there as Annie is still alive, like you said, and she's there with her until she dies. I mean, she is begging her to stay with her and she knows Michael's in the house Mm -hmm. and she still locks herself in that room to, to try and help her friend live that, that showed some, something that there was a bond there, even though it may have been, uh, broken or it may have been um, very t- tight, a uh, small string in the last several years or months or right. whatever with her living there and everything they've gone through, that bond was still there and she still looked at her as her best friend and to have her sit there and coddle this dying girls naked, beaten, just bloodied body and praying for her to stay with her and then have her die. And then boom, Michael comes just another one of those scenes where you're just like, Oh oh, dear Lord, you know, it's unbelievable. And yeah, then Michael starts pounding through the other side and she gets out and starts running away. And I like when he comes in and looks around and doesn't see her there. And then, Goes back the other way to go get her. It was a good, a very well done scene as well. This whole, this whole uh, section of the movie where they're in that house uh, was just really done. Yeah, well. in
2: the, in the bracket house. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And in the way he's mm-hmm. chasing her and then she runs out through the back of the woods and, um, and he's going after her and it's all in slow mo and you don't know what, you know, what's happening. And while this is going on, you know, Loomis has done his talk show and then he's sitting in his hotel and he sees the replay of that talk show and realizes what a loser he looks like on television. <laughs> right. And <laughs> I don't know how close by he's got to be like within miles because then he flips on the news and he sees all this going down like live on the news. There's this cha- this one that well, they, they locked they, him up they, in they, the barn at that point.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, he, he 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 learns of it when they actually have caught up to Michael Myers. Now, we we talked about Lori's running away. Michael ends up catching her and basically knocks her unconscious well, I, again. Like she gets in a and, car
2: with a guy, and then he flips the car over.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, that was yeah, well, impressive, was like, hey, by man, the way. Mike, the only time I've seen that happen is John Cena and the uh, <laughs> Scooby-Doo and the, the WrestleMania mystery, and that was a cartoon.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty so. sure that, that's actually Tyler Mane flipping over a real Yugo or or whatever that is. Pretty yeah, impressive, like, have yes, Again, and... the, they've let, if they're going to have this big guy, they might as well use him, and he, he, he well, clearly yeah. is still working out, so
0: yeah so yeah so she's unconscious and he's carrying her basically to this abandoned old barn now i get the feeling that this barn is on that uh where he yeah, ate the dog actually, yeah and on that that land that it, he had yeah. been so, stalking
2: i mean him. there's cops everywhere there's a perimeter there's the helicopter shot that that's what tips Loomis off where it is so he just follows all that carnage and shows up and i love oh, yeah. how when he gets there finally uh, the sheriff grabs him and is ready just to shoot him <laughs> at, at that moment. He's, you know,
0: uh-huh. I, I thought that was perfect. And then tells yeah. him to
2: get out of the way. And of course he decides he's going to intervene. Now what's going on in the barn here though needs, I, I want to hear your interpretation of what's happening. Please tell me what you see is happening in that barn before Loomis gets in there.
0: Sure. Sure. So basically what we, what we see on the screen is that she's being held down by the apparition of the young Michael mm-hmm. Myers and mommy is You're talking and
2: telling her, say, I love you, mommy. Say, I love you.
0: Yes. She's, she's, she's berating her almost. And, and, you know, Lori is completely lost her mind at this point. She's scared out of her wits. And so she says, it says it. And I'm at that point thinking that Michael Myers is about Mm -hmm. to kill her. Right. To, to bring the family together. And that's when we hear the cops outside saying, you know, you're surrounded come out with your hands up you're surrounded come out with your hands up they're trying to get you know lure michael myers out they're trying to get the sharpshooters to get a good shot on him, which obviously they can't it's a closed barn for one um and uh everything kind of just stops from there but what what's interesting is that she is feeling that she's being held back by things that aren't there and uh you know again Michael is seeing this. She's seeing this. How is that possible? Not quite sure. They're both going psychotic, and they're well, both he's me he, sharing the psychotic. He is thing.
2: psychotic. She is in the final yeah. moments. I guess I don't know. I again, there's it's an int- very there's interesting. There's nothing scene. that ties this to us from the last movie. See, so that's the thing about this is that all of this stuff, and what makes it so hard to comprehend, is that there was none of this nothing like any of this in that first movie, because again, they focus just on the realism of it, not the point of view of Mm -hmm. the killer. Now this is about the killer and about the mind of that killer, the mind of the psychopath, if you will. And, what's going on yeah. and i i don't know it's hard to figure out because that's what loomis tells her i mean he finally sneaks around the cops gets in the barn and, and <laughs> Very i'm easily, telling you i'm like well, he just basically does uh okay i'm gonna leave now no i'm not gonna leave i owe you this sheriff and i was like you owe us a lot you <laughs> oh, yeah so, dickhead <laughs> jerked, but he, and okay i said i would say it that was the moment when loomis doesn't get executed by the cop and when he does the whole i owe this to you i was like you owe me five bucks is what I said to the screen as I got up and walked out of the uh, theater. So it wasn't until sometime later that I knew what happened. Uh, but what – yeah, that was the moment I walked mm-hmm. away. But what, what happens now? And I said there was 20 minutes left in the, in the director's – maybe more like 15 left. But at any rate, what happens next is he goes in and does some serious gestalt therapy with her. <laughs> he just starts screaming at her. Laurie, there's nothing there. Well, there's and, nothing there. He's uh, doing the same thing. Come to He's me. He's doing come the same thing Margot Kidder yeah. was doing. <laughs> you, know? you just need to let it go. Let it go, Laurie. There's nothing there. And I'm like, wow, this is an odd thing to have him I, do here in the late in this movie like this. Oh, we're right in front of Michael Myers. That's the thing. Michael is standing. Uh, I thought he was going in from him and he's going to say Jack to him.
0: And I'm like, does he not see? Right. He, (laughs) he totally is going for Lori, And it's like, your focus should be on having Michael stop (laughs) what he's doing. But instead you're looking at Lori, who is believing she's in the thrust of, of uh, an apparition or her younger version of Mm -hmm. Michael Myers. And he's telling her, Come to me, come to me. It's on wow. your head. And not paying any
2: attention right. to Michael. Who needs and, to pay well, for and that's that. when mommy, you know, apparition. Mommy tells Michael, <laughs> "Okay, Michael, bring us home." And I, I want to talk mm-hmm. about the differences in the theatrical version and then what we saw actually here because they're they're quite Please, stark. Okay. Real quick, the theatrical goes down. He says that Michael goes over and basically cuts Loomis's face up. And stabs him to death, and in the process of doing that, exposes himself in the window so he gets shot, which knocks him back, Uh and he, like, gets impaled on some farm equipment. Then Laurie walks over to him, stabs him a bunch of times in the neck as she tells him she loves him, then walks out of the barn wearing the mask, drops to her knees, and then we go to the white hospital room. That's the theatrical okay. end, which I'm glad I, I'm glad I didn't sit around right in the theater to watch that because God knows what I would have said or thrown at the screen at that moment. <laughs> Me <sighs> and the three other people I was watching this with. So, because to say this this movie bombed is is an understatement. This movie completely tanked when it came out. It got totally destroyed by whatever Final Destination movie was coming out at that, that weekend. But anyway, that's the theatrical. What we saw and what Rob Zombie wanted us to see. What the, the real version of this is. Mommy tells Michael, okay, bring us home. And Michael takes that moment to basically tackle Loomis through the wall of the barn, Mm -hmm. then rips off the mask and says a single word, die, and just stabs him right in the gut, dead, drops him right there on the ground. Yeah.
0: And so for me, I didn't feel like Loomis was dead. At that point, right now, maybe he was because he didn't stab him in the heart and stab him. He stabbed him in the gut, which is a su- very survivable stab, even with um, that sword and, that he hit him with. <laughs> yeah, even with it, you know, because you, if you don't hit a vital organ, you're going to be okay, probably, right? And and I unless he hits something, I don't know what. But anyway, I didn't take him as dead yet, and the reason is because what happens next, okay. <laughs> and that's that lorry comes out well, of we, the we barn. Well, we should say,
2: when, when Michael does that to Loomis, well, my, the, yeah, Michael the apparitions then, yes. all disappear. At that point, Lori's Correct. freed, and she sees all this happen. Michael stabs Loomis, <laughs> and then is gunned yep. down by a hail of multiple police gunfire. Rifles, shotguns. Yes. It's just like the end of Part 4, almost. And he falls back to the ground yeah. And he's dead. gone. He's yeah. dead. Yeah. Finally, right? I mean, the, the the
0: one part I love about Rob Zombie's version is Michael is still yeah. human. Michael can get mm-hmm. hurt like a human can. Whereas in the in the uh John Carpenter and later versions, he was more yeah, supernatural he was, he was, in the fact that you could shoot the shit out of yeah, him he and he didn't the matter. Shape, I mean
2: how many times well, did he, he was get the shot? Shape <laughs> of evil. And and so the body was right, just sort right. of the thing you walked around in. He's actually just a real raging psychotic in the Rob Zombie. Yes, in
0: this one. So to have him get shot by probably 30 shots of gun, you know, ammo, that's yeah. going to kill him. And they play it that he's dead now, finally dead. And uh, then Lori comes out. And this is why I didn't think Loomis was dead yet. Lori comes out, goes over to Michael and grabs the knife for, or whatever, machete, whatever yeah. he's got, <laughs> this big knife from him. And then goes and stands over Loomis like she's going to actually kill him finally. And that's when, you know, everyone's silent. The, the sheriff's like, don't shoot, you know, hold your fire. And as she goes to raise that knife, they gun her yeah. down as well against the sheriff's yeah. wishes. And she's gone.
2: Well, so to me, I didn't
0: know if Loomis was really dead. Can I tell you dead. why
2: I think he's dead? And what you're supposed to see it like that? You say you don't survive. You, you can survive gut wounds. You can, but if he hits you right in the stomach, you'll eventually bleed to death. All right. That's that's. Oh, just, and here's what yes. we see lying on the ground from that helicopter shot above: is Michael splayed out on the ground, shot to pieces. Loomis mm. laying there, crumpled up in a in a ball, but not moving. Laurie laying back shot in almost kind of the Christ pose, if you will. Or, or really looking like a cactus, yeah. oddly enough. <laughs> but just you know, dead right. on the ground. And the three of them are dead while Nan Vernon's cover of Love Hurts goes in the background. And what a creepy ass <laughs> version of that song that is. Um I love it. Oh, it's awesome, version, no doubt. Way. But it is weird. So, and and it's all it's there's almost no sound except for that music going it's a it's a funeral Mm -hmm. dirge is what we see and i think he's dead i think michael's dead and i think she's dead because the next scene then is that whole bit at the she's in the the white room with with no curtains uh, sitting on the bed and here comes mom and the white horse to greet her and i'm like i guess that's her version of hell or whatever well, okay. So here's yeah. what I thought. Um, so she,
0: that, it's a great mm-hmm. scene. You know, the, that she's sitting on in the white room in a white gown on a white table <laughs> and the camera's slowly going to her. You all you see is her hair down and slowly it comes in well, yeah, she her face, like a, and she, she starts to She looks to like smile. a
2: skeleton too, the way that got her made up. When she starts yeah. to smile, yeah.
0: right? And th- then we see mom and the white horse mm-hmm. coming at her. To me, this tells me that. After the events that happened, she went completely yeah. nuts. And she is now in a psychiatric oh. ward. <laughs> and all of this was in Very her Very interesting. This whole thing was made up in her head. And she sees the white horse. And that's why she can see it. That's why Michael can see it. That's why everything that happened happened. And to me, this was all her psych- psychotic dream as she's sitting in a white room you of a psycho hospital. mean the whole movie. Eh- the whole okay, movie, wow, was all
2: so in her head. That's the way so I took it. So it's Buffy season six, normal again, is what you're saying? Wow. Yes, I have exactly. never thought of it that way, Brian. But you know what? That is a great answer because I could totally see that. Like that, that makes complete so. sense. Now that you say it that way, I've never thought of it. I've thought of this whole bit about that uh, that Michael was all in her head the whole time and that she actually murdered her friends and now she's in a psych ward. Because in the theatrical version, that's kind of how it plays off, is that she's in a psych ward because she's, mm. she's obviously not dead at the end of that version of it. Um, but, I, wow, I've never thought of it that way. That's a very neat way it could have played. Um, she's clearly dead at the end of the of the director's cut, though, so... Right, uh, but again, right, if, but it's again issue, if, if this right, is all in her okay, head, well, then
0: she's dead in her head, but she's That still may there.
2: answer where they're going to try to pick up in the next one, because if everything that happened after uh, she got taken to the hospital and Michael's car crashed at the beginning of this movie was just a dream, then uh, now I know exactly how they could do a part three and continue the story. They've got it written right there for themselves. One wonders yeah. if that's where they'll pick up, but...
0: Well, if you, if you look at the 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 notes for what Halloween 3D mm-hmm. will do, we do have uh, Tyler Main in this movie. We do have Laurie Strode yes, in yeah, this movie, yep. and we do have Sharon Bracket in yep. this movie. Um, They're all so, supposed to be coming back. Yep. Now listen, that they list both Michael Myers and Laurie Strode as the antagonists. Yeah. So. Yeah, they could play it like this. They could say that she went totally psycho, and by that, she became her brother, um, with this little smirk on her face and stuff. And then she can break out of her, in, you know, her prison or wherever she is, her psych ward, and go on the same kind of rampage
2: who knows wow. that's an interesting way of looking at it they definitely could i guess we'll have to see whenever that one uh, finally comes out it's supposed to be sometime in 2015 so they've been talking about it forever but it couldn't really get it uh yeah. off the ground after this one because again in regardless of what we're about to say in final thoughts recommendations and popcorn ratings this movie was a huge failure and and did not do well and killed the franchise for for several years i mean it will by the time they get a new one out it'll be six almost seven years from the time that they made another one so that's you know gaps like that before have been because they released something that just destroyed it one way or the other so right yeah, yeah, halloween, yeah, three, yeah. halloween three halloween six you know it <laughs> happens so uh, halloween resurrection you know uh brian go ahead and tell us your final thoughts recommendations and popcorn ratings for rob zombies halloween two.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you, I went in with very low expectations on this because you did tell me your story of walking out (laughs) in the theater and how you go back and forth on your like for this movie and dislike and all this stuff. And So I went in with very low expectations on this and just thought, okay, I got to see how screwed up this is. And while it is very screwed up of a movie, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I thought they did a good job. And I think the, the end, the way I took the end anyway, I thought was brilliant. And so I'm not sure if that's how Rob zombie wanted you to take the end or if how that's how anyone else interprets it. That's how I interpreted it. And because of that, I'm giving this a large popcorn. I thought it was really good. You
2: know, I, I'm glad to hear you say that. And I did, I tried not to load it up too much for you because I wanted you just to experience the movie for yourself. But I, I didn't want you to go in just totally blind. I've known you too long to send you down that road, you know, without just saying, just, just be warned. This is what happened to me. Um, you summed it up really good for me there as far as how I feel about this movie. I have gone back and forth for a long time and what I have come to realize is that this movie is is flawed and and flawed not because it's not what it's supposed to be but flawed just because it tries to do a lot and it doesn't quite accomplish everything but I can't take my eyes off of it It's a spectacular failure in a lot of ways, uh, in that way. And because of that, I actually find myself really enjoying it. And for this review, this time, watching it the two times I did before we did this review, I really caught myself just going with it and just putting aside all of my Halloween fan baggage, which I have a lot of, clearly, throughout this series. I've laid most of it out for us uh, here and just going with this movie on its own terms and watching it on its own terms, it's it's not perfect. It's not even as good as what he did last time, but it's very interesting, and it's probably the most thought-provoking of any of these movies beyond the first one, mm-hmm. which was genius because it was so simple. This one is is crazy brilliant and, again, could have used a little more polish. Maybe if they'd had more time and weren't on such a tight schedule for it, it might have come out better. I don't know, but I do know what I see here ultimately is something I know I'm going to continue to revisit from time to time. So while I can't sit here and say, Oh, I champion this one. Like I do, you know, like I really liked Halloween Two, the original Halloween Two, It's not great, but it was fun. You know, I have a good time with that movie, uh, but this one, it's it's not, it's not as coherent as I want it to be. But I, I think that's part of the beauty of it too. It's the fact that it's, it is frustrating and it is a fever dream and it's open to a lot of interpretation. And because of that, it's definitely worth watching, and it's something to see and discuss <laughs> with other people. I definitely think this is one you want to watch, maybe even with people, and and talk about it. it. You can get into some good discussions on and offline about it for sure. I'm going to join you in that bucket of large popcorn, man. I do think it's better than its sullied reputation uh, for sure. So I'm going to go large popcorn on, even though I will admit that it is flawed and I again, I, I do wonder where they are going to go with it, if they're going to try to pick this up again, because Zombie's not involved. It's Patrick Lussier, who, a longtime film editor, actually edited H2O uh, back in the day and had done a lot of horror movies and stuff. So Scream, all that kind of stuff. Real curious to see what his take of this is going to be, if indeed his directive from the Akkad or from Malik Akkad is to continue this story. And we've done a film of his yep. too, Jay. My Bloody Yep, 3D. That's correct. And, and we actually so. kind of like that one, if memory serves. So, uh, uh-huh. so he a Buffy yeah. Extras. So. I think.
0: <laughs> I think he can do a good job with this one, so we'll see how it goes.
2: Indeed, indeed. So, well folks, thanks for joining us in this latest edition of Film Strip. Of course, you can find all of our podcast ventures at our website continuousplaypodcast.com. Uh you've heard us mention The Art of Slang, our Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective, 7 seasons of Buffy reviews there for you to uh, enjoy folks along with some extras and then we've also got a link to the fabish film factor podcast where kurt fabish and his uh different g- uh, guest hosts come in and talk about different years of film and shows like game of thrones and stuff like that and we've also got a new podcast brian that you're hosting Squared circle flashbacks
0: yeah we look at the wwe network and if you don't have the wwe network and are a wrestling fan i highly recommend it for 10 bucks a month you can get access to every wwf WCW and ECW pay-per-view that's ever been out there. Saturday night's main events on there. They've got the clash of the champions are on there. Uh, new content coming out all the time. And they have a bunch of original series too. legends house is a fun one. People like to watch. Uh, they do air the total divas uh, seasons after this season's over. So you can catch up on those. If you missed any of that, uh, there's just all sorts of good stuff out there and you get every single pay-per-view. All year round, including WrestleMania, included in that nine ninety nine mm-hmm. price. So even if you only watch pay per views, even if you only watch one or two pay per views a year, it pays for itself just in the ten bucks a month, and you got all that extra crap. So what we do is we go through and we pick some of our favorite and not <laughs> so favorite. Pay-per-views from the past, and we watch them and discuss those shows, and and it's just a fun podcast on wrestling if you're a wrestling fan.
2: And a lot of our fans are because they've talked with you about it online, and I get to come on and be on that show with you from time to time. But also other folks too, so it's not just me and Brian. There's lot lots of folks that make an appearance on the show, so check it out.
0: And you know, Jay, we got a lot of stuff coming up here on Film Strip too. There's all sorts of series that we're doing and different films and stuff. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what? We can expect in the coming months on Filmstrip.
2: Well, we got to go back and visit a little friend at some point. You and I spent what, three years, I guess it was, reviewing, Too long. Yeah, reviewing all of the Leprechaun films. And uh, if you hadn't heard, yeah, there's a new one coming out produced by WWE Films, starring Hornswoggle, called Leprechaun Origins. It's coming out this, this fall. Is actually out by the time this, this podcast is out. We're going to review that one to, to close the circle on Leprechaun, folks. We wouldn't leave you hanging. Hopefully, close it. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Let's we'll hope see. WWE yeah.
0: doesn't do a second, but you never <laughs> exactly. know.
2: Exactly. Of course, we, we've added a new member to our podcast family. Ron Hogan came in and did American Ninja with me after Kurt and I had done the Star Wars series. There's nothing more jolting, by the way, than to go from Star Wars movies to American Ninja. But anyway, <laughs> so we've got that. But he and I decided, yeah, we've we got to do some more stuff. So he and I are doing a twofer with an old Chuck Norris movie called Invasion USA from the 80s. And then there was a sequel to that starring the star of American Ninja, Michael Dudikoff, called the Venging Force, and so we've reviewed those two. Those will be coming out. Then we've also taken a look at the three tales from the Crypt movies that came out in the mid to late nineties and early two thousands. That's Demon Night, Bordello of Blood, and Ritual, and uh, so we're, we've reviewed those. And then this winter, Brian, uh, the the series that <laughs> I never thought we'd actually get around to. But, uh, with good reason. <laughs> well, that's because <laughs> none of you would do it. So, Anna, Brian, Nick, Kurt, Ron, nobody. So I drug my wife in on this one. Folks. <laughs> she is a big Twilight fan, and she and I are going to review the five Twilight films for uh, the end of our year here. It has been a very year, to say the least, and I can't think of a weirder way to end it than with Twilight. So um, <laughs> We're going to get into those films and uh, and talk about them uh, for your pleasure again all of that available at continuousplaypodcast.com click the film strip logo all of it's there catch up with us on Facebook too folks and uh, on Twitter let us know what you think of these, uh, you know, these reviews, these shows, these movies let us know your opinions on them too we really appreciate interacting with our fans it's always a lot of fun to hear from you guys and as always we appreciate your support and if you like the show give us a review on iTunes it always helps us to promote the show until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening. filmstrip.
1: Thank you for listening to our Halloween retrospective series.
2: What's the man?
1: As a matter of fact, it was. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes, like our Facebook page, and visit our website, continuousplaypodcast.com slash movies. For more episodes, all content used or discussed in these podcast episodes is the property of its respective owners and is used under the Fair Use Act, Section 504, C2, Title 17.